Hey guys, Mubarak Shah here, CPA and M&A advisor, here to talk to you today about what are the top five items or documents that you need whenever you're looking to buy a business or raise a search fund, all right? And obviously those two are pretty separate, but in general, it's useful for searchers definitely. And then it's also going to be very imperative for anybody who's looking to be able to you know, uh, get started with a search fund and the other documents will also be useful if you're trying to raise capital from investors. So the first one, let's get right into it, is the private placement memorandum or the PPM. All right. So essentially what that is, it's a, it's a legal document. It's an offering document. It's like a PDF, uh, which is basically drafted by the fund founder or like, you know, the searcher, the main kind of GP. And it's going to be what you distribute to potential investors in the search fund. So essentially, it's designed to help potential investors decide whether to invest in the fund um, and what the fund even is about, because it provides information concerning basically the investment proposal, your thesis, it gives your background. And so, you know, the format of the PPM, especially in the search fund world, has become relatively standardized. So that's pretty good, where typically, you know, what happens is, the fund manager or the searcher will provide detail on their background, their resume, um, talk about the term of the fund, like how long it's going to be, the fund search strategy, the estimated size of the fund, the fund's budget, and then the anticipated basically terms of the equity interest to be issued, right? So in the search fund, a lot of that has become streamlined. And I'm going to be offering, you know, if you if you want to kind of reach out to us, uh, you can text us 516-417-4941, and we can give you templates and offerings of these PPMs and all the documents we talk about here and give you direct links and resources to be able to access them, Um kind of save you some legal costs and save you kind of some direction. Of course, it's just the general template and then some of these things you'll want to clean up. But a lot of it, as I mentioned before, has been standardized, right? So, you know, these PPMs traditionally range from anywhere from, say, 20 pages all the way I've seen up to like 40. And I've seen about over 100 of them now. And, you know, I know there's investors that have seen thousands, but generally speaking, you can pick up the general trends of it, right? So there's the executive summary, which is a couple of pages, the investment highlights, the principal background, meaning the run, the searcher, the fund manager, whatever you want to call it, your background, your professional experience, your education, your personal, and then the good kind of chunk of it that's pretty standardized in the search fund industry, which is kind of the investment opportunity. That'll be about six or seven pages. And that is kind of, again, it's templated language that you can literally just copy and paste. So it's like the overview of the search fund model, five stages of the search fund. You know, this is all people take it from the Stanford study and those types of kind of templates. It's already been standardized. It talks about the, you know, five stages, which is like, you know, first you have to raise the search fund, then you have to source and evaluate opportunities. Stage three is to finance and closing the transaction. Stage four is actually operating the business on a day-to-day -day basis. And then stage five being exiting the business. Uh, and then it lays out like the investor returns, the principal carried interest and the investment risks. And then some appendixes that typically include like a resume, um, what industry focus you'll have, some of your values. So, you know, a lot of them are pretty, like I said, templated. It'll be in that same fashion and in that same format. So, um, you know, the general situation is that 
in order to comply with federal and state securities laws, you should be careful to just avoid like a public distribution because these PPMs are only able to be distributed to those people who are accredited investors, right? So generally speaking, accredited investors include institutional investors and individuals with a net worth of over $1 million, um, excluding the principal residents and or if they have income exceeding, say, 200000 in each of the two most recent years and a reasonable expectation of the same income level. So that's kind of the definition by the government. Um, but ultimately, you know, this PPM is going to lay out all that the investor or anybody would need to understand what a search fund is, what your background is, you know, Blank, the founder of Blank Capital Partners, will dedicate 100% of his time and efforts to conduct a disciplined search for a business with revenues between 5 and $50 million. The target company will uh, possess stable cash flows, recurring revenues, straightforward operations, and strong growth prospects. Blank Capital Partners will focus its search efforts on software and technology-enabled service companies. Boom. You see, so just straight to the point. It tells you exactly you know, what type of business you're looking for. Um, the next structure goes into the investment structure. So Blank Capital Partners is seeking to raise 480000 to fund the acquisition search, which is expected to take up to 24 months. The fund will consist of 12 units of $40,000 each. Uh, for each unit purchase, investors will receive a appreciated carried interest in the acquisition of the acquired company. So this is like that whole step up of basis, right? So essentially, when the investors first put in their money into the search fund, they'll be able to get that money and usually with a 50% step up in basis. So literally each $40,000 unit, and again, that 40,000 is arbitrary. That's what the, the just the, what this particular search funder decided to kind of use, but you can use units of 50,000, 10,000, you know, you can sell partial units. So it's all just, you know, it's not really that big of a deal. I mean, if it can be easily divisible into kind of a hundred percent equity, you know, that kind of makes sense. But because again, it's an LLC, it's so it's a partnership. So you're going to be selling kind of units of interest. So typically they have about a 50% step of basis and then um, they have the right, but not the obligation to invest additional equity in the acquisition. So investors in the search fund should be prepared to invest an additional three hundred to seven hundred thousand per unit at the time of acquisition. The actual amount of investment required will depend on the size of the acquired company and the financial structure of the acquisition. Right. So then, that's kind of you're literally breaking out all of that. You're talking about the management, the summary, and then again, like I said, the search fund. That's all very typical. That's very copy and paste, and I can help you out with that if you need. Um, and then you want to talk about kind of your proprietary factor, right? So the goal of Blank Capital Partners is to build a successful and enduring business that exceeds investor expectations. Blank, blank Capital Partners strategy is to acquire a stable, established software services or technology-enabled services business with a minimum revenue of $5 million. The search will be conducted with an industry focus in the United States. There are several benefits to conducting an industry-focused search, blah, blah, blah. You know, so that's basically kind of some of the part of the, you know, the kind of layout of it. So the second, you know, so that's the PPM, right? That's kind of when you're starting your search fund, you need to, you, that's kind of the first legal document that it's also a good exercise for you to put together and maybe with a partner or however, whoever is the fund manager, because this is going to be your go to market strategy, right? You're basically outlining in word and writing it down to your investors or potential future investors like what your plan is and what your thesis is. So it'll get you to start thinking about, you know, the industry that you're going to target. How are you going to screen it? 
you know, what is your thesis? Why, for example, software, right? What is your uh, value add strategy? How do you see the industry? What parts of it are you going to target, right? So this is almost going to become your blueprint and your master plan. Obviously, things can change, so don't feel like it's binding. But in general, this is almost like the kind of your message out to the world and your almost kind of like the quote unquote mission statement of your fund or your um, LLC or your search fund. So it's kind of important to be able to understand that and have that kind of laid out and that practice will be pretty good. But of course, even when you're doing that or even to get started, right, what you should probably have when you're starting to talk to investors or before you raise a dollar um, and actually take any money is make sure that you have a LLC and more specifically the actual certificate of formation, which is the legal document that you use when you create an LLC or however, whatever entity structure you want to do. Um, and that's basically the certificate of formation is basically a standard form document used to form a limited liability company in whatever state it is, right? So, um, you know, funds are typically organized in Delaware and you typically want to have it as an LLC. Um, alongside this, so that would be like maybe the second document you need. But then the third document definitely is the LLC or the limited liability company agreement. All right. So, you know, search funds and, you know, traditionally when you're looking for to raise funds to buy a business, you're going to kind of roll it up into a LLC. And the Delaware LLC statute gives the equity holders of the LLC, which is called like the members, right? It gives you a rough discretion as to how the contract will be managed, you know, um, rights and restrictions, what equity interests, how profits and losses are uh, allocated, things like that. And generally speaking, the LLC ends up being as long as you have more than one person in the LLC, that's treated as a partnership for federal income tax purposes. So the LLC itself pays no federal income taxes. And instead, the profits and losses pass through actually to the individual members. Um, as provided in the LLC agreement. So each member pays their own federal income taxes on whatever sh individual share they get from the business. Um, so that's just something to kind of keep an eye out, right? A typical search fund LLC agreement provides that the LLC will be managed by the search fund manager who is the search fund founder, right? So the LLC agreement gives the manager broad authority to operate the fund on a day-to-day -day basis, and uh, subject to member approval for certain material actions. It kind of lays out the law of the land, right? And um, once the LLC is operational, the fund manager or the owner or the searcher, right, you should be careful to conduct business only through the LLC. So that way you can minimize all your per private risk, your personal, you know, limit and kind of minimize your personal liability. So obviously make sure that you're establishing separate bank accounts for the LLC, and only use those accounts to pay expenses, use different cards, different credit cards, you know, make sure you have appropriate LLC letterhead and email addresses. So you really want to just make sure that you have a full legitimate business completely separate. So like get a Gmail, get a domain, you know, get all this stuff. And I can talk about it in future episodes or so if needed, but just make sure that you have a full split, you know, obviously financially, but then also in today's world digitally too, as much as possible. So there's a very thick line of separation between you, the individual, and you, like your search fund, essentially. Now, the fourth agreement that ends up happening, which is when you're actually raising capital, and say this is like after the third or fourth conversation with the investor, and they give kind of the verbal green light or the written green light that they're 
you know, you've, they've, you've talked to them, you've given them the PPM, you know, you've talked to them about potential businesses. Um, and now you actually need to raise the initial capital for your search fund. You need to get what's put together, what's called an investor subscription agreement. So it's usually just a few typical, typically a few pages. And whenever it invests in the fund, the investor actually executes an investor subscription agreement, which basically is acknowledging like, Hey, I'm buying like a unit of interest. Um, it tells like what the, it's usually a one or two pager. It says that the purchase of the interest is, you know, it kind of disclaims and clarifies that they know that they're engaging in an extremely risky investment, which may become worthless and that the investor has had the opportunity to review the PPM, which again, I talked about in the beginning, which is the private placement memorandum and that they've gone through the LLC agreement and acquired any additional information about the fund and that the interests that they're having are restricted and thus cannot be freely transferred. So, it's kind of a one or two page legal document that basically sets out all of these uh, rights and freedoms. And then, you know, the investor makes certain representations and warranties to the fund that obviously he is at least an accredited investor and that he agrees to keep like, you know, confidential financial information and things like that. So the subscription agreement is basically the document that's used when you're actually raising the physical money for the fund. And it sets forth like the minimum investment required to invest by all the investors in order to enclose, uh, to close the first round. It also talks about, you know, the ability for the investors to have the right of first refusal to purchase the equity securities um, issued in connection with the ultimate acquisition and the details of like the step up in value that I talked about earlier that occurs in their investment upon the rollover of their interest into the search fund and then into the equity that's of the actual target company, right? So it kind of now that's that official contract so that's generally what you need, right? You need the PPM. That's kind of your go-to-market strategy. You form the LLC. So you need those two documents, uh, which is the, um, you know, the actual certificate of formation and the company agreement, right? And then when you're shopping it around, you have conversation with investors and you're having some success. Now what you're doing when you're actually saying, hey, listen, you're, you're interested, you want to invest, they say yes. Then you put together the investor subscription agreement for the, to get them to actually, you know, get the money. That's kind of like the term sheet, I guess. Um, and then finally, there's the accredited investor questionnaire, which is kind of part of the legality to apply with federal and state securities laws. The offering of like the membership, the, the investors have to fill out. Each investor is required to complete what's called like an accredited investor questionnaire, basically certifying that the investor meets the criteria that allows him to be an accredited investor. So yeah, I mean, that's basically the main documents you'll need to start a fund, right? Start an investment vehicle that way to be able to kind of put together the PPM and go to market, find investors. And then hopefully that gives you some clarity into like, okay, the investor subscription agreement, you know, that's the one or two pager that you actually send to the investors to kind of wrap everything up. And then you also make sure that they also fill out the accredited investor questionnaire because you yourself have to be protected and have that documentation that the accredited investor is actually making the claim that they are accredited. So Hopefully that helps. As always, if you have any questions in regards to anything investment related, M&A related, specifically buying or selling companies, feel free to reach out to me at Mubarak, that's M-U-B-A-R-A-K, at dealmaven.io. And you can see the email in the description too. But if you guys enjoyed this, please give a five-star review or 
Give me any feedback. I'm always interested in knowing and learning more about what type of content you guys want so I can create that for you guys since this is what I'm doing it for. So I hope that helps, and I'll see you guys next time. Take care.